Wake up, buyer payer people. It's a beautiful day. Go grab yourself another cup of joe and say hello to Jim and Michelle Rhodes on the Buy Here, Pay Here morning show. Take it away, you two. Good morning, everybody. I um, just want to make sure that y'all can hear us. We were just uh, trying to get Amanda on, and she's like, I can't hear you. I can't hear you. So let's get an audio let check. Us know. Who can hear us? Raise your hand. <laughs> Good you morning. All right. Yeah, raise your hand. I can't see you, though. So um, is it in the chat menu? <laughs> Um, all right. Well, happy Monday. Oh, it's Monday. It's Monday. Wait, where'd the weekend go? Uh, oh, it was a great weekend. Great, great, great weekend. Um, we, you know, packing. I don't know. Those of you guys kind of follow us. I still a picture of boxes stacked. And so we are getting, uh, we are getting, um, ready to fly out tomorrow. Yeah. Yep. Um, we're, we'll be all around the U S until, um, uh, until uh january when we get back for f-i-a-d-a right yeah so um orlando orlando yep we're excited about that so yeah it's been a busy weekend and and uh lots of fun had mm-hmm. some great brainstorming sessions and yeah. just really i i really love working with this guy he's a Stop. lot of fun Stop. it really i mean we have such a good time um we have such a good time we do um, and we occasionally figure some stuff out you know we do and so you know we we uh we've got a lot that's like brewing Mm -hmm. right now we kind of talked a little bit about some of it um last week like today we're going to be making it um uh we're going to be releasing the calendly link for all of our vendor friends to be able to schedule a time for us to do an interview because we're going to be doing sh- just right after the morning show on Fridays we're going to show a little vendor spotlight the people behind the product mm-hmm. um and so we'd really love for uh for y'all to to put something on the calendar we'll do a video kind of like this with you and ask questions and then we'll play that and that will just be it won't be the morning show but it'll be kind of its own little um little show after mm-hmm. on fridays so and quick thing if you're waiting to hear amanda sanchez she's standing in the <laughs> it she's looks like, standing by, so yeah, she'll be here it looks but, like she's she's back yeah, so, so um so yeah lots and lots of uh lots and lots of of really fun stuff and yeah. and i actually woke up this morning and um I, you know shower time is like that's I, I think all the time though so that's really not fair <laughs> but um so i woke up i got out of the shower and i was like jim jim because you know we're doing this buy your payer nation tv thing. oh no because this is good you're gonna see that develop a lot in 2023 a mm-hmm. lot in 2023 there'll be a lot of stuff that will be out there and available for people to consume fun things you know we talked i a little teaser about we're we're looking at doing some kind of a a dealer coaching um reality mm-hmm. show yeah um on and so this morning i was like okay when we were coming up with the logo for by your parent nation tv mm-hmm. amanda or not amanda um anna maria who's our our um cmo yeah, thank you yeah. um she came up because we were back and forth about this logo and she came up with someone that looked kind of like mtv because yeah. she's like, I really, really like this. This is edgy. It's kind of fun and it's cool. And I and we're like, no, that's not really where we're going. And I and I got out of the shower this morning. I went NTV Nation TV 
where we have, this is just an idea. I'm just saying not every idea is morning I, show worthy. It's, That's this, all I'm This thinking. is a morning show. Wor- okay. What if we were to have a telev- have a show like a weekly or monthly show that uh, dealerships could do a lip sync video? Like you've seen some of those really fun ones that, that, uh, that like uh, um, police um, do where, you know, it's, it's like, it's a challenge kind of so thing. So the most popular ones, Jimmy Fallon with celebrities. Yeah. Yeah. Show. Okay. So we do something where it's like dealerships send in their, you know, their lip syncing it's, you know, video. Uh, and if they're, if they include their, their customers, all the better, but there's something really, really fun. And then we get someone like a, um, Jeremy Halstead, <laughs> Jared Halstead, um, to be the VJ. Oh my gosh. She's mm. talking about all of her. I'm sorry. I just thought that would be so much fun. She's so, so yeah, excited this morning. So much fun. And so. by the way, if you're tuned in and feeling really uninspired this morning, we usually have this, the little board I know, right here says that inspire. says inspire. It's, it's already packed in the box. Yeah. So you have to find yeah. your inspiration somewhere else today. <laughs> Sorry about um, that. Uh, uh, Russell, Russell Moore for a Taylor Swift song. Oh, goodness gracious. Oh, gosh, that wow. can be really, Let's really fun. Actually, you know what? It, it, what could be fun is, uh, is a VJ challenge. Oh, yeah. That just, <laughs> I, we got enough to do. We got enough to do. Stop putting stuff on. I'm already, oh, my gosh. So many fun things we could do. Um, so we don't really have very many announcements. We just, we're going to be um, doing those uh, vendor spotlight things. We're traveling, all that fun kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So I don't think we have anything else. Do we no. Have anything else? Okay. Good morning, GR Moore in South Texas. Yes. And uh, I'm just the ones I can see on the screen. Megan Brooke Jones, glad to have you here mm-hmm. this morning. I can't see all oh, the names. Some of you haven't uh, reported who you are, but. Yeah. We see Facebook user on this side, but glad you folks are tuning yeah. in. We've got Amanda. Are you ready to bring in Amanda Sanchez? <laughs> yeah, are we going to talk about the stuff? Let's get to it. We're going to talk. We're going to talk about the stuff. All right. So hold on here. Um, Amanda Sanchez, can you hear us? Good morning. Yes, I can. There. Hey, how are you? Doing great. But um, I-, I do need to make a very important comment before we start. Oh, All right. <laughs> um, while I like. Taylor Swift for Russell, you know, he's really more of a Beyonce. Oh, Ooh. that's a good call. Yeah. And she's South yeah. Texas. So that does make a lot of sense. Right? I, I think that's, that's right. So Hugo, good suggestion, but you know, you know, yeah. he's a Beyonce. Right. That does uh, fit. Mm-hmm. We're yeah. going to make that happen. Well, yeah. oh, really. Uh, Br- we Tommy, get ready for the. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Get that, get that mute button. We need a bleep. Uh, bleep. bleep I, well, we, we have like, um, we've got a couple of sound effects like that, but that's not something we nah, would use for. Really wouldn't, wouldn't yeah. Work. Okay. So, Hi, Amanda. How was your well, weekend? Good morning. It was great. It was great. Um, you know, just hung around the house. Weather was kind of nasty here. Um, got cooler outside. Um, but yeah, we just hung out with the, with the little guy and. Oh, prepared for the upcoming holiday. Yeah. So those of you who don't know Amanda, who There's doesn't like know about Amanda? Three people. Amanda is uh, accounting extraordinaire in um, in the buy her pay her world. Uh, she, you're solely buy her pay her, right? I do work with some um, some other I- independence retail dealers, but. The deal is that uh, buy her, pay her is extremely complicated. Mm -hmm. Uh, Retail, not so much. Mm -hmm. And so I I try to spend most of my time with buy here, pay here. 
um, since not as many there are not as many options for dealers out there who uh, mm -hmm. have buy here pairs. But I do I, I do work with some retail dealers. What about leasing? I've never asked you that. Do you guys do any lease here pay here? Yes, we do. We do. We do lease here pay here as well. So do you nice. kind of just like lump that? It's with buy here pay here when you say yeah. buy here pay here. Yeah, yeah. I, and most most of my dealers are buy here pay here, but we do have some lease here pay here as well. Mm -hmm. Right on. Cool. Well, um, Jim, do you want to kind of introduce what we brought Amanda yeah, on? Yeah, let's talk see. About? How do we get there? So we've had um, we've had a number of um, situations kind of be uh, publicized in recent months, and I know that prompted some conversation. Then Amanda and I did a presentation in Austin for the Super Forum, and we were able to talk about this connection between performance reports and financials. And Amanda came this morning to talk about what dealers sometimes think is adequate protection from theft <laughs> and fraud. And she's laughing. Like I was thinking about what Amanda said last night. Uh, oh, she's like the crap, <laughs> yeah, the crap that sometimes people think is going to protect them. So that's really what we're here to talk about is just kind of what, what does and what does not provide us protection um, in terms of guarding against theft and, and fraud. So you have some opening thoughts on that, Amanda. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I do. And I think that, you know, you mentioned um, the presentation we did, and I think that's just as good of a place to start as any. Um, you know, we've talked about rolling forward the receivables, um, how that's necessary to do it. Um, but I will say that I'm doing it for a different reason than, than mm -hmm. someone like you uh, are doing it. Right. Um, you know, I'm doing it because I rely very heavily on the DMS reports and I want to make sure that I have the full picture before I even start touching somebody's books. Mm -hmm. Um, so when I get down to the end of my roll forward and there's a bit of a variance, um, I've got a, a, I've got a pretty big threshold of, of what I'll accept as reasonable for those purposes. Mm -hmm. Um, and for that reason, you know, one of my big points today for people is that uh, a lot of people think that simply having a CPA look at your stuff, uh, prepare your monthly financial statements, especially those who have audited financial statements at the end of the year, a lot of dealers think that that is adequate um, to prevent and detect fraud. And that just cannot be further from the truth. It is a huge misconception. And in fact, for those of you who do have audited financial statements, if you go through and read your engagement letters or any of the reports that the auditor lists, they very specifically say this is not an audit of internal controls. You right. know, we are not right. here to to detect fraud. So um, there's a difference then. There's internal controls audit and then there's just your financial audits. Absolutely. Absolutely. And a lot of dealers will think, you know, you hear the term audit and you immediately, you either think IRS or you think, you know, looking for fraud, but, um, mm -hmm. audited financial statements are, are neither of those. Gotcha. And I would say that, you know, I've been involved in some situations with, um, dealers where there could have been an external control, um, element added. And we end up discovering some fraud that ultimately took somebody to the courthouse, but in that situation, there was a problem with inventory being sold, you know, um, in a fraudulent way. 
And so, so, you know, without getting into details, as you and I talk about, we don't, we don't want to be given ideas to people who haven't had those ideas. (laughs) We'd like to be able to share it with dealers directly, but you know, we just have to be careful about what we do say. But yeah, I think the main theme that I heard from you is that the accounting alone, like just preparing the financials and reconciling the stuff and that doesn't guard against, you're not, that's not your role in preparing the accounting. That's right. That's right. That, and now that is uh, part of the bigger, you know, comprehensive plan for, mm-hmm. um, you know, for, for not just, you know, fraud prevention and detection, you know, it's part of it. But um, yeah, you do need a, a little more, you need to go a little bit more into those details. Like, you know, when, when you are doing an AR reconciliation, you know, you're looking at every penny, right. you mm-hmm. want to know where every penny went. Um, that kind of, you know, that level of detail is important to have, um, when you're talking about, you know, fraud prevention, fraud detection. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there are just some gaps. Like we just see, like, again, you now inventory, you bring inventory into the picture. You've got, um, you know, invoicing that needs to be looked at. You've got a number of elements there that, you know, need to be examined. And while I'm certainly no forensic, you know, advisor consultant, we do have enough experience to kind of know where the moving pieces are. And so you just, you see these things and, and I, what's been your experience, Amanda, like of the, of the cases of fraud, embezzlement, whatever you, whatever category you want to put that in of the ones that you've seen, how many of them involved cash and how many of them involved more like check transactions? So that's a really good question. Um, so when it comes to a dealership, um, especially a buy here, pay here dealership, they are more susceptible to employee theft than uh, than a regular business, right? Because there is a lot of cash. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of receivables. There's a lot of inventory. It's a very high asset uh, uh, based business where employees have some access to those assets. Um, I would say that the cash being part of the the uh, frauds that I've seen is, I, I'm, I'm by far, by far, it's it's the cash. Um, now, when people start getting into the inventory and and checks and things like that, um, a lot of times it's using those things in conjunction with the cash. Right. Right. Um. Um. But for sure, it's it's the cash that is the biggest. You know, the biggest one. Yeah, I'm sure you would confirm that a lot of times dealers make the mistake of thinking, well, our cash drawer reconcile, I get a report all the time that says we had this much in our DMS report and this much went in the bank deposit and they think we're good. But in reality, of course, the people who are stealing from us are smart enough to make those things balance. Right. Right. And so there's, there's other things we have to look at. And, and I always say, you know, about this, we, in reality, we're, we're out there trying to hire smart people. And if you have smart people that find themselves in a difficult spot, mm-hmm. you know, because of some pressures at home or whatever that might look like, then you have the recipe for that problem. And we just know that it's, it's essential to create those internal controls and, and they're appropriate. Like I've had to have plenty of conversations with dealers and their senior people where we had to go in and install new security limits just for the protection of everybody involved. And while it feels uncomfortable for the person who's getting some new limits placed on them, in reality, we just have to have some checks and balances. A dealer from a pure protection standpoint, they just have to have certain things that they control inside the DMS first. And then there are other things, of course, but 
but yeah, this is something that we find ourselves in the middle of frequently. So is there anything that you would say to dealers that here are just like the top three things you should really be watching? Um, okay, for sure, it's going to be that daily deposit. Uh, yes, you do want it to reconcile to the DMS report. And then somebody needs to trace that to the bank. But what's important about that is the person reconciling it cannot be the same person who has access to the cash. Right. Um, and that goes just as a, a broad brush statement. Um, anybody who is responsible for reconciling an asset should at no point have access to that asset. Um, that does not totally protect you. Of course, these people could collude, but it would require at least two people to mm -hmm. steal from you in that situation. So definitely the daily deposit reconciliation is number one. Um, DMS restrictions are going to be number two. You know, you can't just have um, uh, unlimited access to those receivables. You know, you should have restrictions on who can process a charge off, who can make a due date change, who can... Um, who can make any sort of adjustments to the accounts um, or inventory. Um, and then the third thing I would say would be restrictions within the accounting software, such as um, um, in payroll on the accounting side. So things like your controller, um, um, there needs to be restrictions on who can add and edit vendors, on who can uh, add and edit the master payroll file, there should be restrictions on those things as well. That way, any major change is coming from, again, somebody who is not the one writing the checks. Right. I, I like that. I, and I'm and I'm thinking that there's probably a lot of people that are listening right now that are like, get out the paper and let's just write these things down so that we can take a look at it. Would it be okay if, um, if, you would just put that in bullet point and then we'll post it on all of these feeds. So it's like, here are the, here are two, three things that you can do. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And, and, and it's funny because I, you know, I do these, these, you know, audit questionnaires with people. And so many times I'll ask the question like who has control to the vendor act, you know, the vendor master file and uh, you know, a dealer's thinking like, well, what's that? I don't know. You tell me, it, right. you know, who, who has control of it? I have no idea. You know, I have no idea who has control of the payroll master file. And and I'll tell you, it is that controller. Right. And, and this is specifically mm -hmm. why your CPA is not going to be the one to to see something, um, because who's your CPA working with mm -hmm. your controller? And that's the one who's most likely to steal from you. Your um, so exactly. Exactly. Yes. Because, you know, in addition to wanting somebody uh, smart employees, we also want trustworthy employees and uh, trust is required for somebody to to steal from you like that. So, yeah. yeah, that's a good point. And I think, you know, we've also talked about in that same context is like we we do want to be able to trust the people and we like to keep it that mm -hmm. way. I always use the phrase, you know, keep honest people honest. So that's really a burden that I feel like we bear as the dealer is to put in the necessary safeguards so that we can allow our people, keep them honest, you know, keep them in an honest place. And that protects the employee as much as it protects us. And so I just think it's essential to get that. One more thing I would add to that list, because you and I talked about it at the super forum is this matter of reconciling receivables to cash, because I think what, what can sometimes get missed here is even though the cash drawer is reconciling, somebody's counting down the transactions daily and that stuff's balancing out just fine. There could still be dollars leaving the receivable report that aren't going into that cash deposit. 
And so that's the thing that I think we, we want to guard against. And so just for those who didn't hear that, and you can hear it, by the way, it's out there on the, um, on the worldwide interweb. Yeah, it'll we be on our YouTube channel. Yeah, or we've got another YouTube channel, the presentation mm-hmm. in Austin I'm referring to. But we talked about that matter of re- reconciling receivables to cash because, you know, the idea is basically if your receivables start at a given period at a number and then you add new receivables through new contracts and you, I'm really talking about principles first, just reconciling the principle. And, but all receivables, really, if the uh, if we show that receivables went down by a certain amount, then that's got to either be accounted for or represented in the bank deposit, right? We got to count, we got to identify where those receivables went. Yeah, that's exactly right. And, um, and to add to that, I would say the things that I see, you know, all the non-cash payments, uh, that's where the DMS restrictions really kick in. Mm -hmm. There are a lot of non-cash payments that happen. You know, people will, uh, put a referral fee to a note or, you know, they have these voucher payments or advertising, you know, promotions that the dealership offers. Um, that would be a great example of why you should reconcile your receivables to your cash mm-hmm. um, because there can be a lot of non-cash things that reduce that balance and those yeah. should have, you know, adequate support. Right. For sure. Yeah. I think this also begs anytime this comes up, I feel the opportunity to share with dealers, something that I started doing in my own dealership many years ago. And, and, and people have really appreciated the idea of creating a separate user profile when they do need to grant somebody authority, because many of our dealers are busy, have multiple locations. It can't be, you know, all places at one time. So by having a dedicated user profile in their DMS, where they password protect that. Yeah. It's kind of like a dummy management manager. So it's sort of like, so I don't know if you've heard us talk about that, Amanda, but basically what I'm suggesting is that if, if I'm the dealer and Michelle is the manager back at the dealership level and I'm away, I'm at an auction and and at the lot level, they need to do a charge off for some reason, or they need to do some transaction that they don't have the, the security limit or security access to do. Then I grant them a password. That's it's, uh, it's basically grants them access to the, that profile for a time to do the necessary transaction. And then as soon as it's convenient for me, I change the password so that they've got to come to me again the next time they need in there. And that also, it, it grants them this access that they need. It lets them do the transactions. It lets me be informed when the transaction is happening. And it puts all of those transactions inside that one profile. So it's easy for me to find and identify, you know, those things that where I've granted exceptions or granted temporary authority. And so that's been one of the, the better things I'm aware of to try to, um, you know, grant certain access, but still keep that whole, you know, that loop closed and um, be able to close it periodically. So that's another one that can kind of add to this, this strategy for dealers. Yeah, I think that could be a, a good idea as long as it is very heavily uh, controlled. Um, I don't love the idea of having... Um, you know, I like to see everybody's name to the transaction that they process. But as long as you are, you know, controlling that and you know, hey, from this time to this time, so-and-so had access. Um, And we know you and only one other person are the only one who had access to it. Well, then if something does happen or something does come up, we can pinpoint it to a specific person. Yeah. The dealer's got to be diligent about, you know, remembering to change that password and keep that, keep the lid on that particular profile, if you will. But yeah, that's a, that's been effective for us with uh, myself and with other dealers that we've worked with. So uh, we just like to make them aware that that's a possibility because alternatively we see too many dealers grant their 
give their people their mm-hmm. password, you know, to get in and do what's got to be done. And we, we know that's a problem yeah. in a different yeah, way. So. Major, major problem. Yep. Yeah. It looks like, it looks shared, like did it, right? shared logins. That would be another one. I mean, I wouldn't yeah. recommend any, I don't want anybody to share their, you know, QuickBooks login with their employees or their DMS login or their, uh, repay login or, you know, anything, anything you should have your own login yeah. to these things that are specific to you. Good. Absolutely. Yep. And it's, it's, I mean, I get that you dealers get busy and so you need something. And so the easiest thing is here's my password or just, you know, just go take care of it. And I, and, and some of the stuff that I've done in the past and another life. Mm-hmm. Um, when I worked in the tech field is I dealt with apartment managers, um, all the time. And, and we, we did a, um, it was smart home technology and, and there were certain passwords to, to be able to, uh, door locks and all of that, that were kind of master passwords. And, um, more than once, it's like, you'd have a manager that shared their password with, um, one of their, their people, um, to be able to get in a door. And then you had, you had a, a, a resident that couldn't get in their door for whatever reason. And so they just gave them the password so they could get in and they didn't realize what they just did is gave access to every single unit. Oh yeah. 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 Like you can't do it. You just can't. Keys do it. to the cookie jar. Keys to the cookie jar. Yeah. So it's like, um, that's definitely a, a thing. We've got people chiming in about, um, <laughs> Hugo, uh, are you serious? Password one, two, three. And it's <laughs> yeah. on a sticky note on your desk. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I forget. You should just get it tattooed on your inner arm. <laughs> right. Yeah. So you don't forget. Right. And nobody else forgets. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, no, I think funny. these are all important things. I think we we just know that, you know, there are certain things that if, if you know, I'm a cashier and this customer name, you know, Mary Rodriguez walks in and makes a payment and I take that cash and put it in my pocket and don't post it on the DMS, obviously that's going to show up in a delinquency report. That customer's payment is not going to get posted. And that's that's a fairly easy one to identify, you know. Right. You know, it's, it's going to show up as past due. But typically our people are smarter than that. And so we just, we have to, um, expect that, um, you know, there's going to be other areas that we have to identify. So I think that the the things we've introduced today are definitely important steps. And I know there's a lot more, but but you and I always have to be careful about, you know, what we can share so we don't give people new ideas. Yeah. So anyone who hasn't already heard this, um, there was a podcast that the independent dealer podcast did, mm-hmm. um, that was on this specific subject. They had Stephen Carson's, uh, right. uh, as their guest mm-hmm. and went through like, uh, three or four scenarios of what happened. And they're just like, it's the kind of stuff that people go really. And it's, it, it, I think it was to, to showcase people can be creative. So right. Right. Aware that people can get really, really creative on how this is happening. So if you haven't had a chance to listen to that as well, um, I said, I suggest with all of our, um, all of our listeners is independent dealers podcast. It's one that they did, um, with Steven. And I, the one big takeaway for me is always, we want you to be able to trust your people. Yeah. It's just that if you say to people like Amanda and myself that we trust our people, well, that's not enough. That's you got to be, you got to take the steps to verify everything because 
that's how you continue to trust your people. Is, mm-hmm. is yeah, just, yeah. You have the necessary checks and balances, and and we we don't want people to stop trusting. We just want them to be able to continue to trust through verification. Yeah, totally agree. I will say, you know, when I hear a dealer say, "Oh, you know, I trust them," or or "Oh, they're like a brother to me," that makes the little uh, hairs on the back of my neck stand up. Um, mm-hmm. You know, if 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 they're using that sentence. And right. they also have a, you know, an absence of adequate internal controls. Right. Um, almost immediately know that there's going to be an issue in that situation. And so, right. um, yeah, I mean, trust, absolutely. You have to be able to delegate, but you do need to have those checks and balances in place. Yeah. Yeah, it's got to happen. Like I say, always when we have these conversations, I try to make sure that the employee knows this is as much to protect you as it is to protect the dealer. Like we're taking these Mm -hmm. steps to help, you know, create the necessary safeguards so that, uh, you know, we can all make sure that we've, we've crossed the T's and we've done the necessary stuff to keep ourselves out of trouble. Yeah. Right. Right. All right. Shall we wrap up? Are we wrapping? We're wrapping. Any closing thoughts, Amanda? Um, I want to reiterate that Russell's more of a Beyonce yeah. <laughs> main takeaway today. Yeah. Um, the, the, it's been dropped. It's like, okay. Yep. It's, it's out there now, Russell, buddy. Got to got to own it. Yeah. And um, um, yeah, then I, I, in, in overall message too, is that um, when it comes to, you know, fraud, fraud prevention and detection, one of the most important things is setting the right tone at the top. Um, and so that is to act with, uh, integrity and take these things seriously and, and display to your employees and let it be known that, Hey, we take this stuff seriously. We, you know, we have these checks and balances in place. Um, you know, we've got people outside of here that look at this. We've got people inside that look at it. Um, and to just, you know, set that standard from the very beginning of their employment. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Amanda, for joining us today. I know we're going to have lots of other times that we'll have you on the show because, you know, we like working with you a lot. Yeah, same, same, guys. Thank you guys for having me. You're so welcome. All right. Um, Amanda, thank you so much for joining us today. And um, we are about ready to uh, load a U-Haul. Yeah, we're packing up today. It's moving day. Um, it's, uh, we're just, yeah, super, super, uh, happy to be here. Happy to, to, to start your week off. I'm thank you for joining us and, uh, we will see you on Wednesday from Guyman, Oklahoma. We'll be broadcasting live no matter where we are. All right. Have a great day, everyone.